Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Jolly. Now, this week, I was trying to decide on a topic for the podcast, and lately, I have to admit, I've been a bit astonished that so many people are still following these Word of Faith, New Apostolic Reformation preachers after 2020. I mean, every single one has prophesied incorrectly over and over again, right? They've been wrong constantly throughout this last year in a way that is just absolutely undeniable. I mean, in such magnitude that you would expect to see mass exodus out of the charismatic church, and yet it seems as though their numbers have hardly been affected. It blows my mind in some way. On the other hand, I think it shows you the level of deception in which the people in this movement are involved. So I'm trying to develop a topic for this episode. I'm considering these things. And then, you know, I remember an interaction that I had with a lady on Twitter this week, just before Twitter locked me out of my account. Uh, The conversation centered around the fact that this lady believed that Jesus had to be okay with abortion in some instances, all because he's quote unquote loving. So, Instantly, I thought, this lady has no idea who is the God of the... This woman does not know that God is holy, and certainly she doesn't know what holy means. And then I thought, you know, if the charismatic church understood what holy meant, there would have been a mass exodus from the movement a long time ago, certainly during this past year. I don't think that we teach God's attributes like... And we live in a world where... Not only are they unknown, but where the dictionary is almost useless when it comes to term. We talk about God's holiness. I mean, words seem to change daily. Sometimes they vary within the same conversation. And I admit, I'm not a big fan of changing definitions. It's extremely frustrating at times, especially when it's not consistent within you know, just one conversation. Sometimes it's frustrating enough that I think I want to start a dictionary ministry where we just hand out Oxford Dictionary so that we can redeem English definition. Uh, and and yet, you know, I, I think this is the beauty of dead languages, and this is the beauty of Scripture. The definitions do not change, no matter how badly liberal theologians want them to be different. When we speak of God, when we speak of God's attributes, um, you know, they're defined biblically, and they will never, ever change. Now, if we can just get people to believe them or to know them in a lot of cases, and I think that's been what has been brought to light, at least to me lately, is that we just don't know who. All of this is essentially how I came to want to talk about holiness. That conversation with the lady on Twitter, especially, you know, God defines God's attributes in Scripture. We do not get to change them. And in considering the Word of Faith, New Apostolic Reformation Movement, um, consider the past year in the Western Church in general, I think we can say many things, but certainly one of the conclusions we can come to is that the holiness of God is perhaps one of the most misunderstood attributes of God, that is sovereignty. That is if we even think about those things anymore. Certainly, the lady that I had a dialogue with on Twitter uh, 
clearly does not think about the holiness of God, and neither does anyone else who supports abortion, by the way. Um, a, you know, a proper understanding of just this one attribute, I think, decimates much of what happens in the Western Church, certainly in the charismatic church. It destroys uh, the freedom to twist Scripture by the social justice crowd. It obliterates liberal theology within the church. And if you define God as holy the way he defines himself as holy, there's just no room for most of the godlessness that we see around us. And there would be a fear of God that would cause one to tremble at the thought of twisting his word. We simply do not understand what holiness means today. Look, we un- we get that the word itself, uh, right, means set apart, separate. It's pure, undefiled, spotless. And so when we speak of God being holy, it puts him in his own category apart from humanity. He is separate from his creation. Not only is he pure, undefiled, morally upright, but he's actually incapable of defilement. He's incapable of corruption. He's incapable of being tainted with sin. And we can look in Scripture and we see that God is described as holy more often, I think, than anything else. Uh, and and then we're told in Revelation 15, 4, that God alone is holy. I think we just don't get this. It, just imagine the picture in Revelation chapter 4. We see the angels circling the throne of God, and they're saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is what they do for eternity. Can you comprehend, do we comprehend that these angelic beings spend all of their time flying around the throne of God saying, holy, holy, holy? No, I don't think we do comprehend. And and the reason we don't comprehend that is because we don't understand what it means that God is holy. We don't understand the worthiness of his holy perfection, majesty, his splendor. He, we don't understand that God's holiness can only demand what the angels do in crying out thrice. I mean, in Psalm 34, we're told, sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. But here's the challenge. I guarantee you that every falster out there, every liberal theologian out there, every social justician out there would agree with you and I that God is holy. And then they'll lie through their teeth, providing some myriad scheme prophecy, pyramid scheme prophecy that won't ever come to pass, all the while saying God is holy. I guarantee you, again, every social justician out there will agree with you that God is holy and then turn around and promote some unjust system of partiality and attribute that to God. No doubt that the lady from my recent Twitter exchange would agree that God is holy, all the while proclaiming that Jesus absolutely allows children to be murdered in the womb. We do not understand what it every Christian, without exception, I believe, would give mental assent to the fact that God is holy. If you did a survey across the U.S., I can't imagine the survey not coming out as 100% of those who profess Christianity also agree that God is holy, and yet most would fail to understand what that really means. I think it was Vody Bauckham who recently said at a conference, everybody loves Jesus as long as you don't define him. Well, that's exactly what has happened with holy. Everybody agrees that God is holy. It's just that no one wants to define it, or to be more precise, few want to define it biblically. This is 
I mean, this is why I'm very thankful for men like Vody Bauckham, men like Justin Peters, for men like John MacArthur, for men like Tom Askell. And there are many, many others out there who do, in fact, define Biblic. You see, Scripture leaves no room for doubt when it comes to what holy means. When it comes, when it comes to defining God's attribute of holiness, it leaves no room for debate. Scripture leaves no room for serpent hermeneutics. And so you'll also find that many of those same people will deny things like Scripture's inerrancy, Scripture's authority, Scripture's sufficient. Now, I'll be quick to admit here, we're talking about God's holiness. We're never fully going to understand God's holiness on this side. I'm not sure we'll ever fully comprehend it on the other side either, but we certainly can understand it far better than we do. You see, our tendency is to think of holiness in human terms. In other words, I think that we tend to think of the holiness of God as just like man made a little bit, right? So God is holy. Well, man can do holy things, so God is just a little better at it. Sort of imagine a holiness scale, as it were, and we would probably put people like prostitutes, murderers, thieves as being the lowest, the very low on the holiness scale. And and then, you know, next up from that, we have guys like community workers, volunteers. Maybe you'd put emergency workers on, on that level. These people, uh, we maybe put a little higher on the scale, right? Um, they're, they're, they're more holier. They're more holy than those murderers, those thieves, those liars. And, and then there are people such as maybe like Mother Teresa or a well-respected pastor who we might put on the top of the scale, right? At least the general public might. And, and then at the very top, God, right? And that's kind of how, generally speaking, we might look at holy. We've got these levels which we would place certain people on, and then at the top of, of that, you would find God. However, just a reminder, the Hebrew word for holy doesn't simply communicate or mean pure. It actually means set apart. So God isn't at the top of the holy scale of mankind. He's on an entirely different chart. He's in a wholly separate category. He's totally separate from me. Holy isn't just something God has attained. It's his very nature. God is incapable of being other than holy. He's in his own category. If you'll recall, Isaiah 6, uh, 64, 6 says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our wrongdoings like the wind take us away. You see, we our 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 righteousness isn't like God's righteousness. God's righteousness isn't just a little better. It's in an entirely separate category. Our righteousness, Scripture says, is like a filthy garment. Sure, we can be righteous, which in a small way reflects the righteousness of God, but in the end, by comparison, our righteousness is as a filthy garment. This is why why, by the way, we need the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. We simply aren't in his category. Romans 10.3, the Apostle Paul speaks of two kinds of righteousness. It says, For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish our own, they do not submit to God's righteousness. You see, God isn't a better version of mankind. He's distinctly different, holy, set apart. How easily we misunderstand, per perhaps forget this truth. Maybe we never knew it to start with, and arguably, I think that's where we're at. If if a person can argue that God is okay with the murder of a child in the womb, that person clearly has zero understanding of God's 
holiness. In fact, they just have zero understanding of God of the Bible at all, which inevitably leads to error. But I think even within the, you know, in in my own camp, in the Calvinistic Reformed camp, how little we really understand, how little we, we typically understand God's separation from mankind. I mean, our general tendency, again, I think, is to treat God as though he's just a better version of us. Yet we find Jesus, again, in the New Testament, separating himself. In John 17, 18, he says, I consecrate myself that they may also be consecrated. Jesus wasn't making himself more righteous. He was already perfect and couldn't possibly be more righteous than he already was. No, he was separating himself to a task, the task of providing salvation through his atoning death. He's not like us, but better. He's in an entirely different category. So holiness then is the attribute of God that sets him apart from his creation. So when we say God is holy. We do mean that he is perfect, spotless, that he's without any moral error. But more than that, we are acknowledging that God set apart all being. He's incapable of moral. He's incapable of defiling himself in any way whatsoever. Obviously, we are not in that category. What righteousness that we do have, we have because of Christ. And even that, the righteous, our own righteous deeds are as filthy rags. It's Christ's imputed righteousness that even provides the way of reconciliation. Now look, so not only is God's holiness that which makes him totally different, set apart, we, but, but we see that holiness in two parts, right? I mean, first we see his, what I'll call majestic holiness. Theologians in the past have referred to majestic holiness. Right there, right? This is his inherent greatness. He resists all compromise of character and therefore is transcendently distinct in majesty. Right? We see some of this uh, in, in several places in Scripture. Mark 124. What business do we have with one another, Nazareth? Right? So this is the um, demon speaking to Jesus. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So the demons recognized that Jesus was majestic, that he was holy, that he was totally separate from them in any category. They recognized that he was different than any man. I know who you are, they say, the Holy One of God. Revelation 15.4 says, Who will not fear God, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. This is that passage we referenced earlier on. For all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, unlike other beings, God existed before anything was created. He is majestic and holy, separate. And then secondly, we understand his holiness in an ethical, moral way, right? God is without the ability. Not only does God not sin, but he's without the ability and therefore separate from all wicked, from all evil, all wrongdoing. We see examples of this in passages like Job 34.10. Therefore, listen to me, you men of understanding, far be it from God to do wickedness and from the Almighty to do wrong. We see examples of this in Habakkuk 1. Uh, your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. And there are many more verses in Scripture that speak to God's holiness, majesty, moral uprightness. This is the God of the Bible. One of the many practical ways this can help, uh, this understanding can help us, is especially when we consider how God sometimes deals with man or how God views certain situations, such as abortion. Right? We know that abortion is murder, that it's sinful, that it's wrong. Therefore, if your version of Jesus, such as this lady on Twitter, um, can embrace, promote, or be okay with abortion, then 
your Jesus isn't Jesus of the Bible because he's not holy. If you think that your Jesus is okay with whatever sin you prefer, then the Jesus you're serving is not the Jesus of the Bible. Now, oftentimes we find that we judge God to be wrong, and the reason is because we have no understanding of who God is. Well, in fact, anytime we judge God as doing wrong, it's because we have no understanding of who he is. Anytime we judge God, period, it's because we have no understanding of who he is. Man, you know, I miss our just uh, thinking of, of what I just said. I, I can just picture that conference or talk when the famous words, what's wrong with you people, came out. You know, there was a question about God's character and who he was. I mean, who do we think we are making God in our image? Judging God as though we are superior? What does man think he is that he can say something like, well, I can't believe God would ever be so unloving as to fill in the blank with whatever you... I mean, have we really forgotten God's response to Job? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding, God says to Job. Or perhaps in Romans 9.20, On the contrary, who are you, you foolish person who answers back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, Why have you made me like will it? God is not like man. He is separate. He is wholly incapable of doing wrong. It is an inability for God to sin because his very without sin. So, when God does something like causes flood to wipe out most of mankind because of their wickedness, if we don't understand anything else, we can understand that God's actions were perfectly just and righteous because he's holy. We don't get to understand the secret counsels of the Lord. That's not for us. Now, likewise, we can also understand that when a wrong has been done, wrong such as abortion, God utterly detests that because his wrath is set against all evil because he is holy. And so if your God is a God that accepts abortion, then you serve an unholy God that is not the God of the Bible. In fact, we know where that kind of thing comes from. It comes from the pit of hell. That's just the truth. I mean, in the New Testament, God killed Ananias and Sapphira for lying. We might think he tempted to think something like, wow, well, that seems kind of harsh. It's a little white lie. Well, God is a holy God, not to be trifled with. Uh, we, might, we might not understand the intricate details of why God decided to do such a thing, but what we do know for sure is that God did no wrong because he is holy and unable to do wrong, and that his wrath was deserved. Thank God for the mercies we receive. I mean, how often should we have received the wrath of God and yet we receive? The Apostle Paul certainly talks about that. How we shouldn't presume upon God's grace, God's mercy. Should we sin just because we've been saved? By no means. And of course, because God is morally and ethically perfect, he hates sin and demands purity. And from time to time, as God chooses, he exercises his just wrath against those who give themselves. And he calls his creatures, calls his creatures to be like him. First Peter 1.16, where it says, Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So if you're... God, like this person on Twitter and many others, doesn't demand holiness of you, and that holiness isn't defined the way God defines it in the Bible, then the God you serve isn't the God of the Bible. God's most salient attribute, his most important attribute is his holiness, I think. Folks, we really, in the future going forward, I, I think it would serve the body of Christ greatly if we got back to teaching the attribute. If we got back to understanding and contemplating as much as we can 
the holiness of God. May it create in us fear of God that keeps us from falling into godless ideologies such as critical race theory and intersectionality. Keeps us. The fear of God should keep us from falling into the traps of the social justice movement. It should keep us from falling into theological liberalism. In part, we struggle with those things because we don't serve or at least we don't know that the God we serve is a holy God. And because we don't understand his holiness, we have no real fear of God. I want to kind of end where we began, going back to the throne room in Revelation chapter 4. Well, let me just read that. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. And the four living creatures, I said angels, four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Can you imagine these, these creatures flying around the throne of God every moment of every day of every night saying the same thing over and over again. God's holiness is so vast and so glorious that these creatures live compelled to recognize, cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty for all eternity. This is the God we serve. This is the God who loved creation and sent his demon. This the God in whom we pray. This is the God in whom the scriptures tell us about. If what we think of Jesus, if what we think of God doesn't reflect his holy nature as is described in scripture, then we do not know the God of the Bible. So let us, let us, brothers and sisters, let us move forward reveling in the holiness. Take some time to just contemplate the holiness of, and let it be that understanding which keeps us from such heinous a crime as attributed evil, such as abortion to a holy God. Let us, let it make us think twice before we dare attribute anything like the ridiculousness we see in the word of faith, new apostolic reformation to a holy God. God isn't calling people to flop around like idiots on a stage. No, God is a holy God. And what he calls us to and what he expects of us is to reflect his holiness here on earth. And God is not a better man. He is other than man. And that demands our worship. That demands our affections. That demands our obedience according to what he deems right or wrong. Not according to what we say, but according to what he said. God says murder is sinful. It's an abomination. Lying is wickedness, homosexuality. God deemed those things evil. So let us never say that he accepting of those. The God that accepts abortion, homosexuality, lying, fornication. There's a whole list all throughout Scripture. The God who accepts those evils is not the God of... So let us admire holy God who demands our worship, affection, our obedience. Let us love the God of the Bible. Let us see the holiness of God, revel in, praise Him, worship Him because of that. And let us stay away from the gods of the world that would tempt to worship or give our affections to a God who less, less the God of the Bible. Well, I hope that today's podcast has caused you to reflect on God's word, to reflect on 
the holiness, the majesty of God. And so if our ministry has benefited you in some way to support our church plant here in Alaska or our podcast so we can continue our ministry, you can do that by visiting our Patreon page. We'll put the link in the show notes for you. Also, um, some exciting news. We have a brand new merchandise store carrying mugs and T-shirts and hoodies and stickers and um, all that sort of thing. You can check that out. We'll also have that link in the show notes. And remember... Until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.